Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Allison Cohen never surrenders. Oh, believe me, I've had her on my side. She never surrenders. I wouldn't want to be on the other side. But Allison's going to give us a, um, a little quick look at what happened yesterday. In the in the texting suicide trial, and then we're going to get on to an issue that wow, it's a legal mess between the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, the state's highest court, the SJC, and I don't know the feds. It's an immigration issue, but let's get her on board right now. She is the first lady of law or lady law, if you prefer, from Cohen Law Services, the host of a great show, Legalese, every Saturday on WTAG at 11 o'clock. You can listen in Western Mass with the iHeartRadio app. Here she is, first lady of law, Allison Cohen. Hello. Hello, Colossus of Clout. <laughs> John Bayback made a joke about me uh, because we were talking about the American, what was it, the, the new Colossus, the poem that's on the base of the Statue of Liberty. And he says, oh, is that you? Is, are, you the, are you the new? Because he, he, he teases me about your nickname for me. Because he, he's jealous, Jeff. He is jealous. He, he's got Colossus-sized feet. But that's exactly. about it. That's about exactly. it. Exactly. That's where it begins and ends. Well, look, yeah. let's just talk quickly. There's an appeal in the case yesterday. Right. Uh, and so she's not going to jail. Why don't you just quickly lay it out for us and what, what we can expect going forward. Okay. So Michelle Carter, right? She's yep. a Massachusetts woman, girl, I guess, by some standard. She encouraged her boyfriend, as we know, to kill himself in dozens of text messages. So yesterday she was sentenced to only two and a half years in prison uh, with mandatory time served of 15 months. And now this was juvenile court, Jim. Uh, and Justice and Judge Lawrence Moniz was the one that had handed down the sentence. He was also the one that made the decision because she had waived her right to a jury trial. So he was also the one that had made the decision, of course, a bench trial, uh, that she was guilty. Now, the maximum sentence for involuntary manslaughter in the state is 20 years. So he gave her two and a half with 15 months to serve, and then shortly after that, Jim, he went ahead and he suspended the sentence, and now she's out on probation. I watched the arguments yesterday, particularly from defense counsel, and what he was saying is, look, this is a novel case. Never has there been a case before in Massachusetts in which somebody was convicted of a crime of involuntary manslaughter where they hadn't been present at the scene. Because remember, she was texting him. And the key text that the judge had originally found for the reason why he came down to, uh, with her being guilty was that when he had gotten out of the car, yep. he wasn't going to do it. She texted him and told him, get back in the car. This is your last chance. You need to go through with it. So I was encouraged, very encouraged by his decision in finding her guilty. Okay. But not so much now 
with this uh, last round uh, in the sentencing. I'm, I'm very, very disappointed. Okay, I heard the talk, and, and it's going to dovetail with what you're going to be talking about next with immigration. Right. So her attorney got up and said, well, wait a minute. We're going to appeal this, and obviously yes. it'll go through the Massachusetts courts. Yes. But what about when it gets into the federal courts? We also want you to um, to stay the um, the uh, the prison sentence until it goes through federal. And didn't the judge say, "Well, wait a minute, that's not my jurisdiction, and I I think I should only stay it." while she's going through the state appeals process. Did I get that right? You, you got that exactly right, but the long and the short of it is by the time it goes through the state appeals process, right, that could be another 18 months yep. uh, to two years. So she's out. She's out right now. She's not serving. She's Ugh. not in jail. And, and I guess, you know, what bothers me is that this case was originally before the Supreme Judicial Court in 2016. They were the ones that originally said, yes, this case can move forward to trial. They right. looked at this issue of free speech. They already went through it. And they said that she did have a duty. They, in, they analyzed these questions already. That's how it went to trial in the first place. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so the court's so, already so ruled on it. Yeah. They've already, I mean, unless they can find something in the case itself. Exactly. Right. She, the, the Supreme Judicial Court already said, hey, we think this can go forward. Exactly. So if they've already given that kind of ruling, which gave the authority uh, of the lower court judge to take it, you know, through through a trial and find her guilty, then this, you know, sentence to me was just, it fell so far short that, you know, my stomach's been sick for the last night. But okay. All right. That, that is what it is. It <laughs> is what right, it is. All right. And so let me just ask, yeah. and I know you've answered this before. Okay. So it goes through that process, and they, then they want to make a federal appeal. Right. I mean, First of all, we don't know if it could make it all the way to the Supreme Court. Even if it did make it all the way to the Supreme Court, we don't know if they're going to take it. This woman could be collecting Social Security before this issue is resolved. Oh, my I know God. I'm being, you know. I know you know. I'm being it's, exaggerating. It's, it's but. six to eight years in federal appeals courts all the way up. I mean, it may, four to eight, let's say. It just depends. I mean, it could take forever. So she may never serve. And, and, and if, in fact, the Supreme Judicial Court does uphold the conviction, okay, and then they file for the federal federal appeals. At that point, they can ask the federal jurisdiction, the federal appeals courts to stay her sentence further. So who knows? Who knows if she's ever going to jail? All right. Now let's get into another issue of state versus federal, but an issue that's just as big as this trial was. Right. Immigration. Oh, my immigration. God. Why don't you lay it out for us, what what we've got coming down the road in Massachusetts and then and then federal-wise. Yeah, which is so important. So we have this, this case, Serenian Lunn. He was arraigned in the Boston Municipal Court on October 24, 2016, on a single count, Jim, of unarmed robbery. Now, the sole pending criminal charge, which was unarmed robbery, ended up getting dismissed uh, because the Commonwealth wasn't ready for trial at the time. So the judge dismissed the case for lack of prosecution. Prosecution. These are the little things that people don't talk about. While that happened, okay, he was being held by Massachusetts court officers in a holding cell at the Boston Municipal Court at the request of a federal immigration officer yeah. pursuant to one of these civil immigration detainers. Now, I want to go through this, Jim. It's so important. What is your best understanding as to what a civil immigration detainer is? All right. It's, issu- it's issued by ICE. Right. And it says, hey, if anybody comes across this guy, Jim Polito, <laughs> hold on to him 
because we need to talk with him. We have some kind of an issue with him. He either has uh, um, stayed in the country longer than he was allowed to stay. Um, We have information that maybe he's an illegal immigrant, anything like that. ICE wants to sit down and have a little talk with me. So they put it out there, and hopefully other law enforcement will say, all right, well, we'll, you know, if we see him, we'll see what we can do. Kind of like uh, calling all cars, calling all cars. Exactly, exactly. So in legalese, it's documents, right? It's papers. They're issued by federal immigration officers. They want to arrest a person who's in state custody for the purposes of removing that individual from the country. So if we break it down a little bit more, Jim, by issuing a civil detainer, here's what the federal officer is doing. They're asking the state custodian, this is this crossover between federal and state, they're asking the state custodian to voluntarily hold the person for up to two days after he or she would otherwise be entitled to be released from state custody. And Jim, why is it two days? Oh, that, Allison? I really don't know. That's interesting. 48 hours. So so let's say I get picked up and I get picked up on driving without a license, which would be typical for an illegal. Right. And uh, they say, all right, let's let him go on personal recognizance or $100. Um, And the feds are saying, can you just hold on to him for two days? They probably say that because they don't have enough resources to get to everybody. Yes. They want to allow the federal authorities time to arrive and take the person into federal custody. Okay. So that's exactly right. Now, the United States Supreme Court, just going back five years ago, they explained in one of these cases, they said, as a general rule, this is so important, Jim, it's not a crime for a removable alien to be present in the United States. Okay? Uh. So it may be a crime to enter the United States, Jim, but once you're here, it's not a crime for a removable alien to remain here. See, that that doesn't make any sense to me, Allison. That's kind of like, that's kind of like, it's a crime to take money from a bank that's not yours, but it's not a crime to spend that money that you took from the bank. I know. I, I understand the, di- uh, you know, the, um, the, the irony or the dichotomy or however you want to say it, but that's, that's the way the law works. The, the other part is, Jim, is that the, the process for removing someone from the country, right, it's a civil process. It's not a criminal process. So the immigration detainers used in this case here in Massachusetts was for was strictly civil in nature. Again, removal process, it's not criminal. It's just civil. It doesn't charge anyone with the crime. It doesn't in- indicate that anyone's been charged with the crime. Um, it doesn't ask that anyone be detained in order that they can be prosecuted for a crime. So you see these detainers are alike? Yeah. So when, when the Massachusetts court looked at this case, see, it's why when you break it down, it makes a little bit more sense. When they looked at this case, they said, listen, we've gone through all of our law. We've looked at the federal law. We don't see anything here that allows state officers this power to basically make an arrest. Right? That was the question that the Supreme Judicial Court Okay, Supreme Judicial so they Court, looked yes. at it and they said, yes. this isn't a criminal matter, it's yes. a civil matter. Yes. And 
wait a minute. Can I be brought in on a civil matter if, if I refuse to respond to a subpoena? Can't they send the gendarmes out to get me to bring me into the court? Well, at that point, right, you've committed a crime. You refuse to respond oh, to a subpoena. I yeah. get it. I yeah. get it. All right. right. So, they, they, all right. All right. Yeah. So, so Massachusetts concluded that there was nothing in the statutes of Massachusetts. There was nothing in the common law, nothing that allows our court officers to make a civil arrest in these circumstances. Then they turned to they turned to the federal law, Jim. They turned to the United States Immigration and Nationality Act, and it said very in all these elaborate details. It goes through all these mumbo jumbos, but it basically says that these processes for removal are not criminal. It's administrative. So, so the good news is, and you mentioned this. Oh, there's good news. Oh, wait a minute. All right, all right. Go ahead. Well, here's the good news: is Charlie Baker, God bless him, because I love what he's done. He sent a letter, obviously, you know, and he's drafted a bill, fantastic bill. It's all of a page and a half long. What's better than that? Yeah, we like that. Yeah, it's an act empowering law enforcement to cooperate with the United States to transfer custody of convicted criminals. And here's what it says, Jim. It's very simple. It says if we get a written request from ICE that wants to detain somebody who is, there's probable cause that this person, first of all, is a removable alien, and second, that this person has posed a risk to public safety, we want you to hold them for 12 hours. I think that's reasonable. I think that's very reasonable, especially if the person, like he lays out, was engaged in terrorism, yeah. if, if they've been part of a criminal street gang, what about if they have been uh, convicted of a felony or uh, domestic violence, sexual abuse, trafficking of persons? Fantastic bill that he's introduced. Everybody should get around it okay. and get our legislature to pass it. See, the checks and balances worked here in Massachusetts, Jim, with this, because the court said, I might not have liked the decision. You might not have liked the decision either. But there was no authority for them really to make any other decision. So now it goes back to the legislature to fill that gap, and that's what this bill does. Wow, wait a minute. Now, this reminds me, by the way, folks, we're talking with Allison Cohen, our good friend from Cohen Law Services. This reminds me of Neil Gorsuch in the case with the guy in the truck, yeah. our, our, uh, Trump's, Trump's nominee and now a justice on the Supreme Court. Right. Um, the idiot Al Franken, the senator from, from Minnesota, was saying to him, how could you let this guy sit in this truck? Why didn't you rule in his favor? And he said to them, I don't like the decision, but I ruled on the law. Exactly. And the law said this, if you, if you don't like the way I ruled, change the law. So wait a minute, maybe I'm agreeing with the SJC here yeah. Yeah. because the SJC didn't do one of these crazy uh, opinion things, interpretation things. They said in the law, you, you can't do that. Change, exactly. change the law, and that's a different story. There you go. And so the checks and balances, what was derived wow. from our Constitution, actually is working here in Massachusetts. I mean, listen, we are the brain center of the country, Jim, so let's be honest. We did this wow. right. They looked. They said there's nothing. They went all the way back to English common law. They said there's nothing in our long-standing wow. common law, this commonwealth, nothing in our statutes, nothing in federal law that allows us to do this. So fill the gap, folks, and that's what Governor Baker has done. He's introduced this bill. 
please let everybody get around it. Call your representative because it's a great bill to allow to allow us to have the authority to hold somebody for 12 hours under these circumstances. I mean, how could it be any more reasonable? That's very reasonable. Yeah. You know what, Allison? Yeah. I'm shocked. Now, Allison, you know sometimes I can be a pessimist, and you yeah. have to talk me down off the off the ledge. Okay, what if the bill passes and the SJC says, Oh, no, 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 wait a minute, you can't do that. Yeah, well, that's bad. That's a, it's a great question. That's back to the checks and balances. So oh. somebody, if the bill passes and somebody challenges it as being unconstitutional, then it would go back up to the SJC and they could rule on it and decide whether or not it's constitutional. But it's very limited in scope. It's a whole page and a half. If they could just wow. leave it the way it is, it would be great. And it, it talks about specific circumstances. Again, suspected of terrorism, uh, convicted of a felony. Uh, you know, crime of domestic violence. That's all reasonable. That's all reasonable. And and, and it's 12 hours. It's not even the two days. So the feds need to get off their rump roast and head on over to Massachusetts (laughs) and do what they need to do and pick up the person. Yeah. Allison Cohen, what a great, great segment this was and so enlightening. And uh, wow, she actually got me to side with the state's highest court. I know. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, you're the. Oh, no, you're not good. You're the best. Allison Cohen, attorney from Cohen Law Services, my attorney, host of Legal Ease, airs every Saturday on WTAG. You can listen with the iHeartRadio app in Western Mass. Allison, great one. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you very soon. Go Colossus. Yay. (laughs) Thanks. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.